This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. We are moving into a psalm about, it's about worship. And it is, as we go through the psalm about worship, we need to talk about we need to talk about attitudes toward worship and the changing attitudes of our culture sometimes we've got a culture that we've got a culture that that has moving away quickly from seeking god out and from worship and sometimes i think that we treat worship as a duty rather than an opportunity and uh, worship is an opportunity to to put ourselves in a position where where god is most able to speak, most able to come in and, and talk to your heart, most able to open your eyes and allow you to see what's going on around you. And it is a vital aspect of uh, the Christian life and throughout Scripture, from all the portions of the Old Testament, from the histories to the first five books of the Bible, to the, the obviously with the poetry that we're in, with Psalms and Proverbs, even the the prophets, the New Testament, Jesus, obviously, throughout Scripture, throughout uh, the Gospels, is regularly in um, the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And then, obviously, the epistles, all the letters to the churches deal with the issue of regularly meeting together as a body. And remember, it doesn't matter where that is. It matters. It matters that you are doing that that you're assembling yourself together. Why? Because when two or more gathered, there he is, and he's there in power. He's there for a purpose. And uh, when we gather to meet with him as a group, because we can gather as church people all the time. You go to parties, you go out to eat lunch, you go out to eat dinner uh, with people, and uh, you go out to games and things like that. You're with other believers, and oftentimes uh, you're sitting together in a group with other believers. But w- why are you gathered? Where well, you gathered to go to the game or go to the movie or, or eat together? That, that's why you're gathered. You're not gathered to meet with God. There is a powerful aspect of meeting with God. That is very important. It's important for those who are young Christians because oftentimes they have not acquired the skills, nor have they walked with God enough to really hear Him regularly in their daily lives. They haven't tuned their hearts toward Him in their daily lives. And believers oftentimes, young believers, need to be in a place where all the distractions of the world, number one, but also the enemy's ability to distract them, number two, are removed. Because remember, when true worship's going on, when God's people are worshiping, the enemy cannot be in the presence of that. <clears throat> and so that is the one safe place that a young believer can come to and can meet with God and have the things of this world and the distractions of the enemy. They can have, they can have that removed so that they can focus on the Holy Spirit. And that's why uh, oftentimes in a worship service, it is so profound how well you hear God. It is so uh, profound how 
easy it is to know what God's will is and know what God's plan is for your life in that moment and in that hour, because it is a safe area. It's a spiritually safe area in which the angels, uh, God's Holy Spirit, we're in the throne room of heaven, all of us together, and God can speak to us in a very pointed, in a very special and a powerful way. The book of Psalms, it start, this, is a, uh, this is another song of uh, Ascents, of David, this is one of David's. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That word for glad is not happy. It's, it is it is a, a sense of relief and joy at the same time. It is, oh, I made it. And that idea of, wow, I just, I've made it in. It, it is relief from uh, the struggles of the world and it's joy for what God is likely and promised to do uh, when we gather together. And so he says, I'm glad when they said to me, let us go in the house of the Lord. What he's saying is that's something I regularly do. And it's something I'm regularly a part of. And it's not a sense of duty. I don't have a sense of duty about it. I don't have what I'm doing is not for the purpose of making someone think that I'm holy or that I'm better than them. I, I go because I need it. And I go because when I meet with God, the things that God has for my life are unveiled and revealed. And it's, it's something I need. Many believers show up to church as a sense of duty. And even worse, many believers show up to church as an event that goes on in their life. And if there's some other event that happens or takes place, which you know, is more more pressing or they perceive to be more important, excuse me, then that comes second, that comes later. Worship comes later and many times it is forsaken. And I would just say to you this morning, are you glad when it's time to enter in to the presence of God with other believers in what we call worship? Are you glad to do that? Is there joy in your heart about that? He says, our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is a picture of the of the kingdom of God. It's a picture of, in fact, in in at the end of the Revelation, a new Jerusalem comes down from heaven, and it is amazing. And when we deal with that here, surely within the next maybe year or so, by the end of next year, we'll get to the end of the Revelation. Maybe I'm not promising anything, but at that time, you'll see a wonderful Jerusalem, which is which is the capital of the millennial kingdom of Christ, which is a thousand year reign of Christ. And I know people argue about whether or not that's true. But the problem is if Christ does not reign in a millennial kingdom for a thousand years, then the prophecies of the Old Testament are not true. And I'm in the business of when the Bible says something is going to happen, I'm in the business of believing it. And if I think two, two passages of scripture are in conflict, I do realize, I, the first thing I thought is I, the first thing I realized is that those passages of Scripture are not in conflict. I just don't understand how they fit together. If I've got two puzzle pieces on a 5,000-piece puzzle that I'm trying to put together, and I can't figure out how they put together, I, I still know that they go together. I don't know how, but I know they go together because the puzzle was made to be put together. When God's Word seems to be in my own limited mind, in my own limited understanding, in conflict, I don't assume that what I understand it to say and what I understand it to mean and how I understand it to fit, I don't assume that that, that I'm right and that Scripture's wrong. I, I, I assume that Scripture's right 
And then I begin to seek how, how they fit together and seek out from God what the answer is. And if I don't find the that day or that week, I don't just uh, toss out my whole faith because I'm struggling with how these two things fit together. I, I genuinely seek God out and try to figure out how they fit together. Let me say this. The kingdom of God is in your heart today. How do I know that? The Bible tells me, especially the words of Jesus, they tell me that the kingdom of God is no longer seen out there in physical in the physical universe. There's not going to be an earthly kingdom that's going on right now, but it's in our hearts. But I also know that at the end of the book of the Revelation, I also know in the Old Testament that David was promised that his heir would, that his that the one coming behind him would rule the earth for a thousand years. And Revelation chapter 21 and 22 present that happening. And I believe that there becomes an actual physical kingdom on the earth after the tribulation and that, and that we are in that new Jerusalem as the church and we rule with him for a thousand years. I believe that's just, that's pretty much what the scripture teaches. I believe that. And, and so when it says here, Especially in the Old Testament, because remember, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. It is the seat of power of Israel. When he says that, it has the effect of meaning, my feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. He is saying, I'm in the middle. I am in the kingdom of God. Understanding that the kingdom of God lives inside of you and that the love of God and the presence of God and the power of God are literally at your disposal because they are there with you is an important understanding. He says, I was glad when I entered the house of the Lord, when I, when they said, let's go in the house of the Lord. And the reason I'm glad is because the kingdom of God is presently with me. I'm in the kingdom of God. And, and that's what David is saying. He said, Jerusalem is built a city that is compact together. And I like that idea and understanding. Now, the new Jerusalem is not going to be compact. It's going to be humongous. We're talking hundreds of miles wide, long, and high. It is going to be amazing, uh, an amazing city. That being said, in the Old Testament, he's saying that the kingdom of God is a true place, and it's a compact place, and it's a real place. And he's saying, He's saying that it's been built, it's been made. The kingdom of God is already at work. And and you need to understand that. You need to expect that. You need to trust in that, that the kingdom of God and God's sovereign reign on the earth is in effect. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Who has given that authority? God has given that authority. He said, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. That means that God's people go up. In the Old Testament, that would have been the tribes of Israel. Today, that means us. That means everyone who is a believer in the, in, in the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, we go up to meet with him. He says they give thanks to the name of the Lord. They are thankful for the character of, of, of the Lord. One of the ways that you show you're thankful to God for what he's done in your life is to come meet with him. Have you ever noticed someone who really, really loves loves someone that they hang out, they meet with them, they do stuff with them. That's the way it works. That's the way life works. Unless you're just so far away from the person you love that you can't hang out with them. And then 
In our modern era, where you call them on the phone, talk to them. And that happens all the time. David said, I'm thankful for the name of the Lord. I'm going to show up and meet with him. I'm going to meet with him on a regular basis. I have a desire to be with God. I have a desire to be in his presence. And I, I know I can be in his presence right now as we meet over the internet. I know I can be in his presence out there on the deck by myself. I know I can be in his presence in the car on the way, but there is a special time and a special place that God has set forth. And and it goes back to, it goes back to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It goes back to God calling the children of Israel out of Egypt. There is a desire in God's heart, and it ought to be a desire of our heart to have a special time each week where we meet with God, where we want to be with God, where if I miss that, I, I am I, I, I'm missing out on something. I'm not receiving what I, 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 I need each week. I need to be in the presence of God. I need to be in the presence of God. And David is saying that, for thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. What he's saying is, and remember David is writing this, he's saying God makes decisions there that I need to be there for. God does things. And sometimes I need to be there for the decision God made for other people. Sometimes I need to be there to see God moving in the lives of other people. Sometimes I need to be there to be a part of helping them in that. We have people go to the altar all the time and other people go with them to love them, to help them, to pray for them. There, there is Sometimes I don't show up to church just for me. A me-centric ter- church is a humanistic Christianity. It is a Christianity that I need my church to, I need a church that meets my needs. I need a church that, that does the things I want and I desire. That all goes back from, I'm going to take the parts of the Bible that I like about Jesus, and I'm going to make a Jesus in my own image. It's humanistic Christianity. It doesn't work. It doesn't operate, function properly because you don't function properly and you're not right. Okay. You're not okay. And so if if you're going to make God in your own image, what really have you gained? You've just gained two of you and two of you is messed up, more messed up than one of you. Okay. And the truth is I need to be there for God's purposes, for God's will, for God's pleasure, why he wants me to be there. And that may mean that the reason I showed up for church on Sunday morning was to be to be arm uh, raiser for God, to be a to be a, a, a holder up of the brethren, to be someone of encouragement or someone of strength or someone of direction. There's all kinds of spiritual gifts that are used when the body is together for that purpose. And those giftings need to be used. You know, they're prayer warriors out there, and they don't need to be timid in going to the altar. They're people who are encouragers and build people up. They need to be moving around the room encouraging people. They do. They're, they're people here there that have wisdom and words of knowledge and words of understanding. And you know what? You can't give a word of knowledge to someone you hadn't spoken to because there's no knowledge for you to give because you don't have a relationship with them. That's what church is about. And in the kingdom of God, when God's people got, shows up, there's judgments. God says, for the thrones are set there for judgment. But the kingdom of God is set up for God to his plans and his wills, his judgment. Uh, and I'm not talking about judgment in a negative sense. I'm talking about the judgments of God, the wisdom of God, the plan of God is made known when God's people meet together. He says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. What he's saying is, if, if if anything, you need to be there praying for the peace of God's kingdom 
to be at work. There's an aspect of desiring to see God's kingdom and God's plan at work in the people that we live in, in the neighborhoods that we live in, the city, in the towns that we live in, and with our neighbors and our friends. Do you desire to see God uh, at work in the hearts of people around you? We oftentimes complain about all the things, the bad things that are going on. The truth is, is that we were made for we were made for those people. And we, it is of the utmost importance that we have a heart for the people that we live around. And we're not just talking about our friends, and we're not talking about the ones that are like us. Because God's in the business of, of saving and redeeming people of every color, every background, every nationality, every tongue, every, every aspect of our society. God is reaching out, pouring out His Spirit on. And we need to pray that the peace of God's kingdom, the peace of Jerusalem, would be in place. He said, may they prosper who love you. It's hard to love God if, if you don't know who he is. i just be honest with you. It's hard to love God if you don't know who he is. It's hard to love God if, if nobody's ever shared that love with you. And uh, people that are regularly fired up about meeting with God, there's a need to be in his presence. He says, may they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. And there is. There is, you tell me when you show up to church on Sunday morning and the presence of God is there and you feel it and then you, you sing to God, you hear from God. And I'm not talking about I'm God and I'm telling you what God says. I'm talking about you literally in your heart, hear the Holy Spirit through the word as I, as we talk about the word, you hear the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. When that happens, there's a peace that comes with that. Am I right? There is. He says, there's a peace that comes with that. He says, Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. Peace and prosperity, God's goodness. He says, for the sake of my brethren and companions. It's for, it's not just for me. David's saying here, uh, worship is not just for me. It's for the sake of me and those around me. He says, I will now say, peace be within you. Notice, it's not a place, it's inside of us. He says, peace be within you, because the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. He said, I'm, I want peace to be with you also. And because of meeting with God, I'm going to seek out your good also. And you know what? Well, a lot of times, that's just the main thing about meeting with God, is to reorient ourselves away from ourselves and re reorient ourselves toward the purpose of God around us. Sometimes we just need that each week. We need to be set back on the right path. We've wandered off the path and it's time to put us back on the path. We need to seek God's good and his best in the kingdom of God. And we need to seek his best for others in the kingdom of God. And he says, because of the house of the Lord, I will seek your good. I will seek your good. I will seek your good. And when we do that, Gates of hell doesn't prevail against us. Lives are changed and saved. And uh, there's a passion about actually being around. If you're worried about what's going on around us in the world, if you're worried about what's going on around us in our nation, if you're worried about what's going on around us in, in, in our area of the world, in Tallapoosa County, Alabama, or wherever you are, whether it be Wisconsin or Texas, or you name it, if you're worried about all that, let me say this. Do not fail to meet in the house of God with God's people. Spend time with them. Seek the Holy Spirit and seek God's plan. Enter into his presence together. 
and see what God is willing to do. And I'm going to tell no eyes seen nor ears heard what God is prepared to do for those who love him. No eye has seen nor ear has heard what God is prepared to do for those who love him. It is unimaginable. We need to be about doing that. And, and we need to be expectant that he is going to be, he's going to be faithful to what he says. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.